0: Can you feel the love tonight?
1: The answer to that is yes. I can feel the love very strong. <laughs> tell me more about this love. Tell Bob. me more. Tell me more. Did he look like th- that? Th- uh. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Greece is a terrible reference. No one should reference Greece ever. It's <laughs> yeah,
0: this girl. is a Naruto
1: podcast.
0: Get, yeah, get not a musical together.
1: podcast.
0: Hello and welcome back to I've been anime, my friends. uh I'm Tyson, or uh, Stan, as you all affectionately know me by. And I'm joined here today by my good friend, Mott.
1: Greetings, anime fans and anime casuals alike. Welcome back to and Anime.
0: Yeah, so let's get ready to crack open a fresh episode here with Imbibin' Anime. Uh, we got some interesting topics, that I'm excited for them. Uh, but first, I would like to introduce uh, my good friend, Mr. Whiskey right here, and uh, I am again drink- drinking the tin cup
1: from last time before. My- this time I know that tin cup is actually the name of the whiskey.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> technical name, you know? There you go. Uh, but I'm drinking it here. Um, it's pretty smooth, not too sharp, so it's pretty easy to go down. I really like it. It's got a nice flavor. How about you what do you got over there
1: with myself i'm drinking a nice glass of port this evening so uh it's it's just a relatively cheap port from the local liquor store down the block where i live uh, i actually had not heard of this brand's uh, uh is the name of the brand porto quievedo i'm i'm guessing that's how it pronounced i do not speak portuguese um so, so a- pardon my portuguese. Is it, All it from ports Portugal are Portuguese? Is it an import? All ports are Portuguese. That's where the name comes from. So just know this. Now, you know, port is called Portuguese because it's from Portugal. Wow. Um. That, yeah, you can tell an authentic Portuguese port because it has essentially like a white band that goes over the lid or the, the the cap of the bottle and it'll have the seal of the portuguese government and it'll say uh vinho do porto which i'm guessing is wine of portugal yeah uh, i will say before we go into our full episode this week stan is still on the road and he is still uh coming to us live via a hot spot So he may be cutting in quite a bit as you may have already heard. I already got some robotic tones on Discord, so I'm sorry listeners, if you get a little bit of that as well. I apologize as well. Won't be in
0: this situation for much longer and I'll have a connection. Uh,
1: But until then, this is what you get. Yeah, the show must go on. We can't skip, right? But anyway, that kind of leads perfectly into, do you want to Say how your week's going. Is that place looking like it's going to be good in Lakewood? So, uh,
0: like I was saying before, I have not heard back from them. Uh, I've sent all of the application materials in earlier this week. uh, And I just probably need to give give them a call. Things okay. Out because I, uh, I just used to work out, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just want to leave Olympia and get my feet under me. Stable inning, Stable job, living situation, all of the above. I also did not get the job I interviewed for. I don't know if I told you this.
1: Uh, no, you didn't. That's a bummer. I'm sorry to hear it. Um,
0: earlier this week, I heard back and... They didn't
1: want me, but it's okay. I gotta keep chugging along, I guess, you know? Yeah, interview processes can be difficult because sometimes you can be a really good candidate and it's just unlucky.
0: Yeah, the, the reason they told me why I didn't get the job was because for some reason my driving record didn't check out, even though the only uh-huh. thing I have on my record are parking tickets. Oh, that's really weird. That seems like the most minor offense I could have had on
1: my on my record. Maybe it's just because you're LA and they know that LA drivers are shit. I have a Washington license here. I I only have a Washington history officially I don't now. No man, that LA boogie ghost spirits, they follow you everywhere. I why, why is it LA's fault? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. L.A. drivers are crappy. Isn't that like universally known? Washington drivers are crappy. L.A.
0: drivers are aggressive. There's a difference. No, no, no.
1: Washington drivers are okay until it snows. You mean until it rains? Or until it doesn't sun, shun sign. Sun, sunshine. 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 You want to say that five times fast? she sells seashells by the seashore sunshine <laughs> there we go well uh
0: you can come back and tell me about all this driving stuff once you get your license yeah that's
1: a good point that's a good point i still can't even drive myself so i am i am not really in the position to speak much about it right now to be quite frank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway yeah that's uh, this has all been going on in my life nothing too interesting in the past week been reading a lot of manga uh, so here. what about what about you what have you been up to
1: i too have been reading a lot of manga i in this last week read the entirety of the demon slayer franchise thank you thank you thank you i'm taking a very big bow in front of my microphone <laughs> uh, i also am <laughs> so the, proud of you oh i'm so glad i'm so glad i can live up to your expectations stan um but i also read the entirety of vinland saga all of it? Whoa, 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 wait a minute, Monty.
0: You you can't have... That's, no, no, no. We, yeah? The anime hasn't finished yet, so why are you reading the manga? Because it's too good. <laughs> <laughs> you call that an excuse? Yes. You told me before that you wouldn't read Demon Slayer just because the anime was still airing.
1: Yes, and that's because the anime is better than the manga. Okay, but... That's not true. You couldn't have Saga. known
0: that. Well, maybe.
1: It's pretty obvious. You could just look at the frames and you can tell pretty quick. Vinland Saga, the manga, is actually pretty gorgeous. Demon Slayer, the manga, is like... Mid-tier. I don't know. I have, I have friends that can draw better than that. I,
0: I think it's mid-tier for the manga. It's not the best it, I've seen. It's not the worst
1: I've seen that's fair there's probably worse out there but i don't i don't read a lot of manga so like all the manga i read is high tier so when i see a (laughs) mid-tier manga like it looks like garbage you have to temper your expectations i mean i still loved reading it i didn't drop it it is pretty great
0: this is uh getting on to the main topic here tonight
1: but uh fair enough (laughs) So going right over into the main topic, which we already started touching on Pon today, since Stan and I have both been reading a lot of manga recently, and because, you know, Demon Slayer just finished the anime, and he and I have both read Demon Slayer in its entirety, we thought this week we'd give a good summary or digest about our manga lives and manga in general. Yeah. You want to open it up then? Uh, yeah, gladly. I'll gladly start. I'll gladly start us off. Um, So we talked a little bit already about uh, Demon Slayer. So let's let's start off there on Demon Slayer. We started throwing opinions around already about it. You and I both finished all of the most recent chapters, correct?
0: Unless they came out with a new one this weekend. Uh, But as far as I know, I'm caught up with everything.
1: Cool. Wonderful. So let's... Let's try and talk about this in a spoiler-free manner first. And then if we want to go into spoiler territory, we can. And we'll just give a heads up beforehand. And I'll leave a timestamp below in the description for the track for those uh, listeners who don't want to be spoiled about the manga. So from a spoiler-free perspective, I think my general opinions about Demon Slayer manga is it's, it's a fun manga to read. And it's definitely worthwhile. For all of the people out there who enjoyed the Demon Slayer anime if you like manga to any extent i think you should read the manga for demon slayer Uh, it's just a fun story and the characters are very strong um the plot line and the world is very intricate and well built up and i think it all the strengths of the anime in terms of its story and characters are obviously there in terms of the manga as well so it's it's a worthwhile read, in my opinion. I've definitely enjoyed it quite a lot. And I've enjoyed figuring out who my favorite characters are. Although my best girl did not change. Best girl did not change for me. Best girl stayed the same. <laughs> Fair enough. I will say, though, I after reading the manga, I like Tanjiro's character less. Why do you say that? Um, Tanjiro, to me... The only purpose of his character is to learn more about the universe of Demon Slayer. So Tanjiro is pretty ignorant in terms of the history of the breath styles, pretty ignorant in terms of the history of the Demon Slayers and demons. And so you get to learn about this world kind of as Tanjiro is learning it as well. Although you do learn a little bit more than Tanjiro does to an extent because you get to see backstories of demons that he defeats and stuff like that. But that's basically the only purpose of Tandro's character. The well, and then he serves as like the compass for righteousness, right? Like, whatever Tandro believes is pretty much what the storyline decides is the right decision. So, to me, that's boring because Tandro's character doesn't change much. Like, he increases in strength, he learns more tactical knowledge, he's able to slay demons more efficiently or grow in terms of. Tactics and strength, but he's not growing or changing in terms of personality, in terms of belief, in terms of general character development. That's fair.
0: I do agree that his development is dependent on the characters around him. And it's his relationships with them that change. It's not necessarily his character that changes.
1: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and I would definitely agree as well. I'm curious, do you see any shortcomings uh, from your perspective about the manga in general that are maybe some things that you didn't see in the first season of the anime? Um, I don't know if I would say there's anything
0: glaring, because uh, I, I think I started the. To like the series even more as i started reading it um i mean one thing if if we want to touch on it here is the the quality of the drawings in the manga uh doesn't yeah we can touch do the anime
1: justice i would say i definitely agree it's one of those weird instances where i would actually argue the anime is better than the manga hands yeah.
0: down. I I also believe that. Uh and that's that's
1: like it's not even like a close call in my the... opinion. Like it's obviously favored for the anime.
0: Yeah. And I've talked with other people about this. They who have um well, I've only known one other person who's read the manga and watched the anime. But anyway, but <laughs> I I do think it's in large part thanks to the animation studio that they've really bumped up the quality of the series overall. I will say one thing I didn't like like all uh, in the manga was the... There's... Ooh, oh
1: this my... Spoiler warning. Do we need a spoiler warning now?
0: Um, I have to if I'm going to say this. Do it. Spoiler warning. So in the manga, later on in the series, closer to where it is currently, uh, there are two characters that were introduced that I really don't like. And one of them is Zenitsu's old... uh, The other lightning guy who was training with Zenitsu. That was bullshit. That came out of left field. Yeah, who came in... And was introduced as the new Upper Moon Six out of nowhere, uh, which didn't really make sense at the time because they didn't explain that they had been replacing the Upper Moons so quickly. But also, his character never built up in the story, and all of a sudden, he was a drive force for Zenitsu's character. Like that was his motivation was to defeat this guy and. Like, where did
1: that come from all this time? And literally, that's the entirety of Zenitsu's story arc in the fight against uh, uh, Muzan so far. It's just right. that fight against the new Upper Moon Six.
0: I don't think he... I think he might be too injured to actually do anything else. in this I So I don't too, see yeah. him fighting Muzan himself. Or any of the other demons as of now um but along, along the same lines, they did the same thing with the upper moon four uh which was the girl who has the well I don't even remember the name of the was instrument he the pot
1: guy was upper moon four the pot person
0: oh oh well, yes, he was the original upper, upper moon four, but he was replaced as well. The oh. girl who strums her little guitar thing. Yeah, the controller and...
1: of the, the universe that on uh, summons them all to.
0: Right. She was also, all of a sudden,
1: an upper moon character. She wasn't who... all of a sudden. She was there since... I mean, she's even been introduced in the anime. Yeah, but she wasn't an upper moon. She wasn't a powerful demon. Well, she was never shown to be a weak demon, either. She was shown to be a close trustee of muzan true
0: uh, there there's just no lead up to it cuz we don't know we never learn anything about her character she she her only appearance is, is when muzan is in that realm and they don't give her any I don't any terribly disagree
1: with you but I think that is a qualm that I personally only see with um zenitsu's former um, fighting mate, whatever student, out al- a classmate. But um, I I understand it with him with her. I understand it a little bit less because if you were going to say that someone was going to be promoted, she would be the first one I would think about. Like if I were to try and theorycraft before seeing that sequence of events, I would have probably theorycrafted that she is going to be promoted to a moon. Sure, I mean so, she's like, the only it's other not a jump of
0: logic. Demon though.
1: Yeah, but it's it's like not yeah, that it's terrible. It's
0: joke. No, it it that's not exactly what I had a problem with so much. I I had a problem that they did it twice in in the span of a couple chapters or so. And the fact that the upper moon 4, they say in the manga is not actually that strong. She's just annoying and you can't kill her that easily. Yeah, I don't true. remember they do if they that. actually defeated her. I think they did. They never Did they show did it? Yet. Maybe they didn't.
1: They have not yet shown her being defeated because the love pillar is still fighting her. Right, and the and the snake pillar, right? Uh yes. Yes, both of them because the um, mist pillar fought Upper Moon 1. Right, right. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see how much longer the series is going to go because I, f- I mean, it feels like it's approaching its finale because, mm-hmm. you know, more spoilers. Uh, Nezuko is being slowly transformed into a human, hopefully. What was the point? Of- yeah, so I, I think the manga has to be coming to a conclusion soon. I can't foresee it taking very much longer.
0: Yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely hitting that climax point. Um, The the entire series has been leading up to them fighting and defeating Muzan. And once he's defeated, all the demons die regardless.
1: Well, shall we shift gears to a different manga then? Yeah, what's one you've been reading? So I'll go through a few really quickly because I'm almost 100% certain that you have not read them. Um. Because I, unlike Stan here, am kind of a sucker for romance manga. <laughs> yep. And uh, Can previous guest, you feel the love tonight? The answer to that is yes. I can feel the love very strong. <laughs> the love is strong with you, young Padawan. Tell me more about this love. Tell Bob. me more, tell me more. Did he look like that? um <laughs> Sorry, Greece is a terrible reference. No one should reference Greece ever. It's <laughs> yeah, this
0: from. is a Naruto podcast. Get,
1: yeah, get not a musical together. podcast. Exactly. But some romance manga that I've really been enjoying or have enjoyed that I think, if our listeners, if you enjoy romance, I think you will enjoy these as well. Uh, I started catching up again with Kaguya Sama, Love is War. Oh, yeah. How's that been going? It's surprisingly difficult to keep up with um it's getting i i really like it it's getting really intricate though so there a lot of what is happening in the manga are like side stories from side characters um about you know their relationships with other people in the universe of kaguya sama love is war that aren't related to the main characters necessarily so it's a lot of character development of minor characters and they're really good stories and they're really well told, but it's really hard for me to keep track of everyone's names and who is who and who's all connected to who and how they're all related to each other because I'm only reading it like once every two weeks or something like that. So I took a break from it and I caught up to it again today and I definitely think that's the way to read it. And I definitely think if there are people out there that love romance stories just between two people and you just want to see how the Mm -hmm. chemistry between two people develops over time it's a very very phenomenal manga to read i don't think i can think of a single manga that's better than kaguya sama in terms of just developing the chemistry between two people in love or two people falling in love Uh, and it does it not only between the two main characters but also between a bunch of side characters and their pursuit of happiness romantically and it's great i do really enjoy it i also want to give quick shout outs to some trash manga that all of my romance harem lovers out there might enjoy because <laughs> it's definitely a genre that tickles my heart to an extent every now and then and it's not as it's not as well written as kaguya sama it's not as like high class material as Kaguya-sama, but it. It tickles me in fun ways. And I do enjoy them. Um, But I've been reading... uh, Well, I finished reading Ichigo 100%, which is a fun little harem story that's, like, you know, not too fantasy. It's just kind of, like, fun slice-of-life harem romance. Do I choose this girl? Do I choose that girl? Whatever. But it's very... It's a very unique art style. Uh, I really like the mangaka quite a lot. And it is a... Cute little story with some twists in there. You do not actually anticipate who he chooses that well. Uh, typically, most harem love manga. It's very obvious who the main protagonist is going to like pick at the end of the day. But Ichigo 100% does a really good job at emphasizing all of the main female characters that are part of the harem. And you don't really know who's going to be the main love interest by the end of the day. And where it ends up is very, very gratifying. So you should reach okay. go 100% if you like harem anime. It's a lot less predictable than something like Ni Sekoi or Love Hina. So read it. Um, and then I also want to give a quick shout out to um, another harem anime as well. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the English name is right now. Yamada and the Seven Witches. Yamada and oh. the Seven Witches is a fun little harem manga that is fantasy oriented. So it has like a lot of spells and mysticism about it. That the manga style itself is cute, but it's not that unique, unlike Ichigo, where Ichigo, I think actually the, the drawing is pretty stylistic and gorgeous. This one's a little bit more stereotypical in terms of drawing, but the plot line is fun. Uh and I like the kind of magic system in it. And it it's really one of those stories that like makes me almost want to cry because it's like tragic. It's like tragic love. Like some Ooh. of the some of the love interests, for instance, like lose their memory. And then like he still remembers her, but she doesn't remember him. So like it pains him to see her not remember like the love that they shared. And it's like, ah,
0: Oh, I hate those. I mean, I love those, but I hate those. If
1: you liked the Notebook and you like like the movie, live action movie, The Notebook, and you like harem right. manga, you should read this my this manga.
0: I mean, I'm not too into harem manga or anything. I did like Kaguya Love is War quite a bit. The anime. I mean, that's I mean. not a harem. I know. I I don't watch or read any harem stuff but fair enough i the i guess the only thing i have to comment on is kaguya love is war
1: kaguya love is war i think might be the highest quality romance story that i've ever seen in the manga or anime genre really yes some pretty high praise I am having they need a hard to come time out with another season. Another enemy. I I don't know if they will. That's like the really disappointing thing about it is at the end of the day, I I don't think they will. Okay.
0: You wanna move on to a different manga then?
1: I guess the the only other thing that I can bring up, um well there's I can spend literally so long talking about all the manga that I've read or read from, you know, Tokyo Ghoul to to Love Rue, to Maiden Abyss. Maiden Abyss, by the way, is my new project. That's coming before Promise Neverland. Sorry, <laughs> that's fine. Not sorry,
0: uh, just I'm still keeping it safely to the wayside.
1: That's f- yeah. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: I know you don't like it. We don't have to get into that. I guess the one thing that I kind of do want to talk about that you might be able to relate to is I have a big urge for scene in manga recently. Oh. So that's why I read like all of Inland Saga. Okay, that makes. I don't actually have that
0: many seinen really? that I've been reading. No, so, I mean the uh, only thing I can think of that's sort of a seinen now is Attack on Titan.
1: Yeah, maybe I I could see Attack on Titan as seinen. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's, it's not no, quite it's, shonen. It's, It's definitely not shown in anymore. No, not anymore.
0: That's for Uh, sure. uh, But otherwise, most of the stuff I'm reading are shown in.
1: Yeah, I've been, I've been feeling the urge for berserk Berserk is the only other sane in which one berserk. Yeah, that was actually what I was going to bring up is so I've, I've read all of the published chapters for Vinland saga and the next for me that are on my list that I really want to read are Berserk and Vagabond.
0: Vagabond's been on my list for the longest time. And it's funny how I like learned about Vagabond. I've read the first couple chapters, first few chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts out slow, uh, which is why I didn't keep reading it. But the uh, way I learned about it was through a a friend of mine, uh, where I actually... Friend of ours, uh Aiden, you remember Aiden Tribble yeah, of course, I remember Aiden Tribble so Vagabond is like one of the only manga that he reads slash has ever read, and he introduced that one to me quite a while ago and tried to get me to read it
1: okay but it's it's been scratching my interest for quite a while because Vagabond and Berserk are both and actually also Finland' saga. Um, but they're all really, really highly rated manga, mm-hmm. and I think the thing that really scratches my interest for it is I have kind of right now an appeal for darker manga i flip flop pretty frequently where like for half a year, I'll be really into gushy light hearted fun little anime, and then I'll go half a year into like dark, gruesome gory bloodshed ripping people's guts in half <laughs> manga anime um. And right now I'm kind of in the latter phase, so I've been going into my seinen roots again. But Vinland Saga is gorgeous, the manga. Like those are the types of stories where you just hope that the anime will do it justice, because the story is written so well, the illustrations are so gorgeous. Like you, the the anime, the best it can do is like do it justice. It can never out outlive the manga. Unlike something like Demon Slayer, where the manga is actually just almost objectively inferior to the anime.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it actually looks like. I've never taken a look at Vinland Saga's manga panels. You should read it.
1: I think. Are you watching Vinland Saga right now?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the latest episode, um, but. I I have been keeping
1: up with it. Okay. I think one of the main reasons why I was so invested into Vinland Saga this season, watching it premiere, and then also reading it in the manga, is because it's in some ways the exact opposite of Demon Slayer. Um, Because in Demon Slayer, you have a very clear objective with a protagonist who you understand from day one who's not going to change very much. So the outline Mm. of the story is kind of set in stone, and you the Experience of it and the fun part of it is watching, you know, how you get to that goal and all the different people that you meet along the way. Finland Saga, 100% different. You have no idea what the goal is until like maybe chapter like 130. You okay. have no idea how they're going to get there. The main character is constantly changing. And for like the beginning of the entire manga, the main character is like deplorable. Really? like he has he has no good attributes to him for like the first solid eighty chapters. Oh, wow, you still like him as a character, like you want to see how he changes, you want to see what he's up to. you still root for him in a lot of ways and it it's a it's a really big it really shows how well it's written because of the fact that he's kind of a deplorable character, but you still really care about him mm-hmm. But but where I am at chapter 165, which is like the most recent, he's really a stand-up guy now, and he's starting to come into his roots, into trying to understand what he really stands for. But even now, 165 chapters in, he's changing what he stands for and how he gets to those goals constantly. And that's what it's all about, is it's all about him trying to understand what he actually really wants in life and how he's going to achieve them and how he's going to live his life. And that's very different from Demon Slayer. I Actually,
0: really like that approach and it's making me really want to watch. really want to read, read <laughs> the villain it, Saga read now. It. I'm also I also pulled up the first chapter here. Uh,
1: and for a first chapter, I'm really liking the art style. There are some here. panels that are gorgeous. There are some absolutely gorgeous panels. There's just
0: a lot of detail. Detail put into each of these panels, which I like.
1: Um, I think I... the best moments are there are some panels where a character is experiencing a pretty immense emotion oh. and the amount of details and just strokes and brush art on their faces and their bodies is insane. I also really like the
0: sort of how I think Thorfinn's the main character's name, right? Yes. I, I really like how he starts out as a blank canvas unlike Tanjiro. Because I, I, I can see what you say by, like, you don't really know what he's about until whatever chapter. Because uh, even in the anime so far, like, he his only driving force is that he wants to get revenge for his father you know
1: oh my god i don't want
0: to say so much about that right
1: now but it's so much (laughs)
0: and uh you you i like how you slowly are learning about the world in the anime right now Mm -hmm. uh and you can see and that's also why we're talking about time
1: skips last week or something i really like how they utilize the time skips here Uh, I love the time skips in Vinland Saga. They do even more as the story progresses, and I've never been upset hmm. at a time skip from Vinland Saga.
0: Right, and I think this is one of the series that really utilizes it well. I totally Uh, agree. And it allows you to see the entire progression of the character from child to... I assume he's going to be an adult later on. With some more, it's pretty skills.
1: much an adult where I'm at, where you know people are talking about yeah. him getting married and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not really right. Spoilers territory. Um, but.
0: But that also is part of the reason why I like Berserk so much. And have you read any of
1: Berserk? No, it's on my to to read list.
0: Yeah, okay. then I, I won't say anything spoilery there. But so the main character's name is Guts, and. He's sort of in a similar situation, uh, or a similar starting point as Thorfinn. His backstory is like entirely different, uh, but he's sort of a blank canvas at the beginning. Uh, and he, you can see the different ways in which he tries to understand himself, like, mm. pretty. Uh, I don't know if I would say frequently, but you can see it often enough that his character always feels refreshing. He's never been a boring character at any moment in the story. Um, and so that's the type of thing that really gets me excited to read manga. You should
1: hands down read Vinland Saga then. I think Vinland Saga might be one of your favorite manga of all time. I'm just going to put that out there.
0: I could say that about Berserk for you. I really want you to read no, Berserk. I, I but... think you're
1: probably right. I think <laughs> you're probably right. I think you, I think I will love Berserk. We'll see. I have so much manga right now that I'm reading that is still publishing and it's getting really difficult to be able to juggle all the characters.
0: Oh, I'm in the same situation. The, yeah. I guess the, the blessing and the curse about Berserk is the, the mangaka is. He's sort of a situation like with the Hunter Hunter artist. Oh, um, fortunate. So he hasn't been publishing often
1: in the past like year or two. For our listeners' reference, the mangaka for Hunter x Hunter um, publishes very infrequently in Shonen Jump uh, because he has a lot of health issues. So he's constantly in and out of the hospital and unable to write and draw very often for the manga itself.
0: Yeah, and it's the same for it's been similar for the Berserk Artist, because um, there's only been. I think there's only been one, maybe two chapters that were published this year. It's uh, a from, from last year, but that's a different thing.
1: Yeah, it's I find it very interesting that there were two animes that both have ongoing manga. That were pre- premiered around the same time, right? Vinland Saga and Demon Slayer, that are both kind of, you know action-packed thrillers, but are really not the same story. They're, they scratch completely different itches, but they're both equally beautiful anime, both equally thrilling stories. But it's also interesting that I think the manga for Vinland Saga is better than the anime but the manga for demon slayer is worse than the anime. It's 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 funny that they're both right. showing at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean the the feeling that I got when I f- saw like the first episode of Vinland Saga versus the first episode of Demon Slayer uh is, is entirely different and what I mean is that when I when I saw Vinland saga for the first time and I, I remember I was texting you, I was like, dude, you gotta check this out, kind of thing. And like I I just got the impression that I was about to embark on an epic like adventure or something. But that that's like there's there's very few series that I have got that impression from, it, and it's it's sort of akin to, you know, the moment where you like uh I'm going to digress a little here, but remember when you first started The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and you walk out onto yeah. the Great Plateau and it just spreads out the entire review for you and you, you can just jump right into the world kind of thing? That That's is how Vinland I Saga. felt. That's how I felt when I first saw Vinland Saga and there's very few series that I've felt that way about. That
1: is such a good analogy. Um, and I did not get that from Demon Slayer. I mean, it's in the name, right? It is a saga. So in summary, you should read *Vinland Saga, I should read Berserk, and everyone out there should read both. (laughs) Precisely. So that wraps up everything I wanted to talk about for manga. Are you ready to Uh, move on to some Fire Force?
0: Well, I wanted to briefly bring up another manga, uh, which is My Hero Academia. And I don't know if you've been reading or keeping up with it. Have you?
1: I have not read any My Hero Aka. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess
0: what I want to say about that is I feel like My Hero Aka is in a similar situ- situation as Demon Slayer and Promise Neverland. In that, in terms of Demon Slayer, I think the anime might be a little better than the manga Hmm. because they do have a lot of good animation sequences in the series, and there's the manga does have good drawings and panels and everything, but I don't think it quite lives up to what the high is around the series. And then in, in terms of Promised Neverland, I think it's in a situation where they really like to corrupt the storyline.
1: That can get annoying real fast.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm enjoying the main story as stands. I think the latest arc is not my favorite arc i think i've said this before the one that they're about that this season is getting animated right now is my favorite arc but you can also see this in the anime every other arc is a training arc i've been noticing that more and more and it's really starting to tick me
1: off Hmm. i mean the anime what's being shown right now i've only seen the most recent episodes of Hiroaka so i saw up to um what just was premiered today um and today being saturday the 26th even though right now it's officially sunday the 27th but you know time zones <laughs> um i it feels like another training arc in my hiroaka as well right now what's being animated
0: yeah and did you you saw the end scene after the credits right?
1: there's an end scene after the credits
0: oh yeah my, my you you gotta watch that part oh it's sort of a cliffhanger but um, oh
1: okay uh, i i'm gonna go rewatch that right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> while we're doing the podcast huh
1: while we're doing the podcast <laughs> Okay, just just saw that cliffhanger. Just watched it right <laughs> now. It's really not another training arc. I'm glad they finally introduced Torn Girl.
0: So in this instance, the whole training arc cliche is, I think you can rest assured you will get your just desserts. Um, I'm but other than like this arc, I feel like there's always a training something in between arcs and it's for too many chapters way too many chapters and they halt mm. the storyline so, so fucking often it irritates me Boo. Uh, so I'm not happy with how the manga has
1: been going hopefully that doesn't translate into the anime where every other season just doesn't advance the plot line
0: but that's well, all we I wanted going to
1: say. on about manga for quite a while already. So Yeah, I think we can transition here. We should slowly transition. Um, or quickly. Tell us <laughs> what you all are reading in manga. If you have recommendations for manga that you think we should read, shoot it our way. Maybe we have read it. Maybe we haven't. I would love to see what you all are reading in the meantime. Um, hopefully you like some of the manga that we talked about today and that If you have been reading it, what are your thoughts on it? If you haven't been reading it, give it a try. You know, Vinland Saga, My Hero Aka, Kaguya-sama, Demon Slayer. These are all pretty fucking good manga all around. Now, let us mosey on over. Switch gears to Fire Force. Are you ready for this new episode? Do you have any predictions that you want to talk about before we jump in? I want it to do better. We wanted to do better. That is, that's I my think, prediction <laughs> about this show every single week.
0: Yeah. I don't have any formal predictions that I really want to make right now. Cause like okay. they've already shown that they could set something up in one episode and then not address it
1: in the next. Okay. That's fair. Let's hop on over. Mosey over to fire Force. We will be back with our thoughts and our feelings and our reactions to fire Force Episode 14 Watch it with us if you so desire. We will see you again shortly.
0: And welcome back, y'all. We just finished the latest episode of Fire Force. Uh, So let's get right into our immediate reactions here. Uh Mott, how are how are you feeling about this latest episode here?
1: This is an improvement. It's a step in the right fucking direction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I I agree. I like this episode much more than the last one.
1: There is some lore to be explored. There is some new power scaling to be explored. There is some interesting aspects about the Abdola Flame which are have been introduced i and the plot the plot development was actually decently told and there weren't any awkward shifts in um uh location like there have been previously like they didn't change sequences or didn't change frames awkwardly like they have been doing so i think this is a step in the right direction
0: yeah i definitely agree with that um I was kind of hesitant at the beginning just because they were setting up the the scene so weirdly when they were telling everybody, oh, just beat each other up and that'll solve everything. Uh, that was yeah. kind of weird. Um, I mean, I guess they're trying to be like, oh, look at this anime. We're different. We're going to tell each other to beat each other up. I don't know. But.
1: Yeah, they're like, whenever you have a traitor amongst your midst, normally the solution is to figure out who it is. But, and we're gonna be different by just saying we don't give a shit and we are just gonna fight everyone.
0: Yeah, so that was a little weird. I didn't like that part. And that I didn't was really like... either. And that's how they opened up the episode. Um, but after the once the fight sequences started, I I think I started liking the episode a lot more.
1: I agree. Um, Another thing I want to point out that was kind of awkward was, um, and I keep forgetting his name, but Obi and the first lieutenant's role Mm. was kind of strange because the entire time they just stood there. Yeah, they didn't help at all. They didn't do anything in this arc. Like they literally did nothing.
0: I mean, that also includes uh, Maki and Tamaki.
1: Yeah, well, even they, like, Punched they got each other. involved. <laughs> but it was the comic relief type of got involved. It Ineffective comic relief, but it was the comic re- relief type of got involved. And then I, I Arthur and Shinra really got involved.
0: Yeah, they, they were actually fighting somebody.
1: But straight up, Obi and the First Lieutenant did nothing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that... It, it sort of go, just goes back to how they were talking about, oh, it's not their jurisdiction, they can't do anything. But they, they could have at least like helped with some of the panic and coordination of the populace. Yeah. I also didn't like how uh, the captain of the 7th squad had to be the person to yell at everyone and say everything's all right. Because um, his lieutenant, and I'm, I think Conroe is his name? Yeah. The guy who can't use the flames. Like, he was trying to justify why the captain should be the one to talk, but it, it was just a poor use of... I'm blanking on the word. But essentially, a poor use of roles. Uh, since he can't fight, he should be directing the populace.
1: It was, was I think actually it was, um, I thought it was okay. It's 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 kind of something similar to what they tried doing with the captain of the fifth squad, where when she and Shinra faced off, she had this big character development moment where she kind of came to realize this is my role. This is why my view of life so far has been wrong. And they kind of did something similar with the seventh squad captain where his storyline was, Oh, he was always the second strongest or, Oh, he was always, you know, looking up to Conroe. But one day Conroe had to go all out and ended up losing a lot of his powers and suffering from Tephrosis, this overuse of your pyrokinetic abilities. Uh, And so because of that, he had to become the captain and now Conroe is no longer someone he can rely on to help the populace because Conroe can't fight anymore as a fire user. So this was part of the 7th Squad Captain's personal journey to learning and understanding what it means to really be a captain. And I, I can understand why they did it yeah. the way they did. I, I I get what you mean.
0: It's I just don't like the mentality of only one person can solve the problem. I agree with that. And there's there's literally no reason to have an entire squad if you only have one person that
1: can do anything in this situation. I don't think it was as extreme as, as you describe, because Conroe and the other members of the 7th squad were doing things. It's just that, you know when Conroe went to seek the advice or sorry, when the captain went to seek the advice of Conroe, Conroe was like you need to be our leader right now. You need to lead people. That is your job. I will do what you tell me to, but you need to lead everyone.
0: Okay, well then my my issue is the the lead versus follow. Like, the I don't like people who can't think for themselves. And so like, in a situation like this you can't always rely on like the head honcho to make the first move like you you just have to take action in in such a chaotic situation but that that's uh it's not a major gripe of mine i wouldn't say um it it's just something it's more of a real life thing that irks me
1: that's fair, and I I can understand where you're coming from. I think the only real gripes that I had in this episode were mostly residuals from last episode. So, like for example, the the lead into the chaos of the crowd, um, the characters from the um from the evangelist group, like uh-huh. in general, most of the residual from last episode still lingered into this one, so that was a little bit of a bummer, but you know, that's it's just what happens when you had a bad episode 13 going into episode 14. But I think what episode 14 developed was actually pretty good. And I think there's a lot of positives for us to talk about.
0: Yeah, we can jump right into that. Um trying to think what the first thing we really learned. I, I guess the one thing that stands
1: out to me is the
0: whole Adola Burst thing. And yeah,
1: the fact that Shinra experienced the Adola link,
0: yeah. And I did like how it there. Well, they don't necessarily explain it, but there is a reason for the evangelist girl to know what that is, and that is because Shinra's brother also has the Adola burst. That was a big piece of knowledge, true, uh, that they dropped. Um, I'm still unsure what the Adola burst is supposed to be because it, I
1: mean, they kind of tried explaining it earlier, but I, I think you're not supposed to really understand it yet. I don't think they want you to understand it yet.
0: I, I just don't, I just couldn't really understand what they were trying to show, though, as the Adola. Well, so what I mean is, um, when they When they first start talking about it this episode, Shinra is having a panic attack essentially, and he sees his own legs as these sort of bone bony structures, except it's not anatomically correct it It just looks like I don't even know how else to explain it besides bony, but it doesn't quite look like legs or feet um I don't under, I don't really understand if that was, it didn't seem like a full on hallucination, but I don't know
1: if the people around him could see what he was seeing. That was like supposed to be the Abdullah link, whatever that is. That's, that's what I got the
0: impression of. So is, did the arrow girl see what Shinra was seeing? Like, was that actually what his legs looked
1: like? I think moment. so. I think she saw what he saw, which is why she recognized tell. it as the Abdullah link. So this is this is what I understood, and this is also partial headcanon. So take this with a grain of salt. Okay. But from what I understood, is the Abdullah burst, or in general, is a type of primordial fire that is somehow closely related to the devil. Right. Um, And so that was said kind of multiple different times in a few different ways in this episode in the way that they refer to Shinra as the devil, uh, in the way that the Arrow Girl referred to Shinra as well as the devil's flames, and so on and uh. so forth. And so somehow the Abdullah burst is related to is a specific type of fire that is related to the devil. So whenever, for example, you see an infernal, uh, somehow that fire is also related to the Abdullah burst. Now, what is implied here, and this is the headcanon here as well in my brain, is fire that fire the the fire force uses so any third generation user typically does not have this type of fire they have a different type of fire that is somehow more distantly related to if not entirely absent of the devil so like for example the seventh captain his fire is not related to the devil for whatever reason
0: right that's also the impression i got
1: Yeah, so the thing that I think happened was you had that bodyguard of the arrow user. And I can't remember his name because it was very briefly mentioned and he was not a name worthy character. Mm -hmm. Um, He when he ate the insect and turned into an infernal with horns and we can talk about the horn thing as well in a sec. Mm -hmm. He gained fire powers related to the devil because he became an infernal and somehow the presence of a closely devil related infernal and shinra their proximity to each other activated this abdullah link okay that is my headcanon I don't really know why that would happen. I don't really know what the significance of that link via proximity is. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is highly implied that infernals with horns are somehow very closely related to the devil. And that Shinra has some sort of connection to those specific type of infernals. And that his fire is different from fire users in general. Right.
0: I I think uh, that, I think you're right there. Uh, I think the Infernals with horns have a connection to the devil, and then Shinra's Adola burst definitely has a connection with the devil, and that's where they're sort of linking that logic there. Uh, They also mentioned that the city specifically was Like, prime real estate for devil... For horned uh, infernals, specifically.
1: And I'm curious exactly how that's going to work. So, I interpreted that... So, they said that before the dude turned into the horned devil? Yeah, they had suspected it before. Yeah, so... I, I don't really know the... The lore or the the magic system be- reasoning behind it, but I'm pretty sure that line that you're referencing is just foreshadowing that he was about to turn into a horned infernal.
0: Right, but they also mention it at the end of the episode. Did they? Uh, yeah, because that's when um, the Arrow Girl met up with the face changing dude and was talking about. How they needed to report it back to their captain, uh, and she was saying that uh, the city is essentially perfect for estate. creating horned infernals.
1: Okay, I kind of missed that part then. Um,
0: it was at the end that before might be the some credits.
1: shadowing then maybe.
0: Right, and so I'm 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 just wondering what the significance of the city itself is like there has to be Mm. some sort of history there if if this is some sort of holy ground or whatever um actually that is interesting historic like landmark for the devil itself like if that's where the devil originated or something and it has some sort of influence over the land
1: Yeah, it might be related to that because, I mean, also Conroe, when he first overused his powers, it was to fight a Horned Infernal. So that was not the first time a Horned Infernal has appeared in that city.
0: Right. Exactly. And that, so that also brings up another point. Um, They made it sound like, so you remember in... um, I think it was two episodes ago where they showed the first Horned Infernal that Conroe had to fight, right? And then in this episode, they made it seem like Conroe actually defeated that Horned Infernal. And if that's the same Infernal that Shinra... Uh, saw as a child I'm wondering if that infernal is no longer going to be a part of the story
1: actually so this is my thought on it I don't think that was the same infernal from Shinra's childhood
0: it looked so similar though more similar than the new very...
1: t- horned guy I agree with you that they looked very similar but I think what they are implying is that there is a class of Infernal with horns, and that they are, the, the fact that they introduced this new class of Infernal is meant mm-hmm. to separate out the Infernal from Conro's history, and the Infernal from Shinra's history, and to make you believe that they might be two different Infernals. Okay. I mean, I, c- I can get behind that, just because
0: they did establish it Clearly enough that this is an entire
1: sep- entirely ca- entire category, I guess. yeah, I mean, it could be a classic case of misdirection where they show you an image that is extremely similar to Shinra's memory to make you make a connection, establish a connection, but then huh. present you evidence for the contrary. To make you no longer believe that connection. And then maybe they go back and they're like. Oh actually it was the same Infernal. I I don't know. Maybe. Uh, That could be some misdirection at play. But I I don't see reason to believe. That it has to be the same Infernal anymore.
0: I also think it would be. uh, Detrimental. If that was the same Infernal. Uh, So I'm hoping that the Infernal that's involved with Shinra is still out there somewhere.
1: Yeah. Um, I would find that interesting as well. uh, And I think that would be a cool change in the plot. And I agree with you.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it, it would be weird. They would have to come up with a way... For the Infernal to exist for so long without anybody noticing. What Um, if
1: the evangelists actually took that Infernal captive and have been keeping it alive?
0: That's something I've been thinking, actually, because the Fifth Squad captured that one Infernal that could talk, you know? The guy who Mm -hmm. was, like, a serial killer or something...
1: Yeah, the guy that and kept they his ended up after transforming,
0: right? And they were able to con- sort of control him and use him. And so Ooh. I'm thinking that the Evangelists actually have some sort of store of infernals that they can whip out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was something they eventually introduced.
1: Headcanon here. Yeah. What if the evangelist Um, is a slightly older person? And the evangelist used that infernal and specifically targeted Shinra's family to burn down that house with that infernal that was under the evangelist's control. uh, And specifically also try to induce new flame users using that infernal so what if Shinra gaining his powers and Shinra's brother gaining fire powers and the burning of the rest of their family was all a ploy of the evangelist I think you might be right there actually that would explain
0: so many things that would explain why he has the Adola burst like we they would have to show how they need to make the bridge between that, but I can definitely see how the horned devils are triggering potential Adola Burst users. I mean, I don't know if there's a, more than just Shinra and his brother at this point, but I can see that being the case.
1: So the the other thing, or the other question that that raises in my brain as well is well I have two questions if we want to follow this headcanon first how is the first captain involved is the first captain somehow involved with the evangelist or is the first captain someone who is actively actually fighting against the evangelist and just deeply distrusts Shinra because he knows of Shinra's origins related to the evangelist. Ooh. Well, that's a great question. And then my second question is, what is the Adola burst that powers the fucking goddamn city? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, is this is what I asked. Is it
1: infernal? Is it like what is it?
0: That's yeah, this is what I was asking about when we first learned about the Adola burst. And what I was What is it? I was worried about the fact that it might be a person who's not an Infernal that has a, a dola Burst. But again, I don't know how long that has been a thing for, like how long the power plant has been around. So maybe I, it might yeah. be an Infernal who's who can just live as long as... I don't even know
1: how long Infernals can live. Well, I mean, we don't have a, a timeline on Infernals so far. The only thing we've seen are Infernals that are created and then killed by Fire Force members. So it's totally possible that Infernals can live for quite a long time.
0: Right, and that's something I want them to address sooner rather than later is, and, and this goes back to the, the point about the Evangelists possibly having their own secret store of Infernals that they can control. For however long. Um, if I had to guess. I would say it's an infernal. With an Adola Burst. In the power plant. I can't really see them. Too. I can't really see them. Essentially enslaving a human. For their entire life. To just I can power see them place.
1: enslaving infernal. Or infernals. Yes.
0: Plural. Right. Uh, and so. I, that's why I think it's an infernal. With an Adola
1: Burst. Oh. Wait, it, major head cannon here. What? You ready what? for this? I literally just thought of this on the moment. What if the Adola burst that fuels the power plant of the city are multiple horned infernals? And the job of the first captain is to find horned infernals capture them and bring them to the city as a as a source of power and so the reason why the first captain was there when shinra's family was burned down was because the uh, evangelist sick like essentially like used a horn infernal to attack this family, maybe as an experiment, for example, to try and see what would happen, to see if fire users would occur from some sort of interaction, Uh, which ended up working, which led to Shinra's powers and maybe his brother's powers, who we have not yet met. And then the first captain showed up to try and capture that Infernal and use him as a power source for the city. The I really like this idea. The only issue with that is
0: they they haven't touched on if the Horned Infernals
1: have Adola Bursts. And so the reason why I think the Horned Infernals have Adola Bursts is because they called... Shinra reacted to the dude turning into a Horned Infernal, right? Right And then the arrow girl, woman, whatever, arrow person, called that the Abdullah link, right? That's so the... I think the reaction from him experiencing this Abdullah link is his powers linking or responding to another Abdullah burst source. Like it's resonating? Yes, exactly. Which is why I think that Horned Infernals are the source of Abdullah Bursts. Which is why I think that if the Abdullah Burst in Tokyo that is powering the city is a thing, it is probably a Horned Infernal or multiple Horned Infernals. And why I think that Shinra's powers come from the horned infernal that incinerated his family because he was he has a special type of f- firepower which is specifically the abdullah burst
0: see i thought when she was talking about the adola link that he was sort of unlocking the adola burst within himself not necessarily that horned infernal has an adola burst because this was happening while okay. arthur was fighting the horned infernal
1: so i see it i think the the only piece of evidence that i have contrary to what you're saying is the fact that Rekka identified shinra's flames as the Abdullah burst as well which one's Rekka again He was the star eyed dude from the first squad who was trying to, who's behind the whole transformation. And you think that's contrary to what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because it says that Shinra was already using the Abdullah burst before this whole sequence with the seventh squad that
0: more confirms what i'm saying that it's not a horned infernal
1: that's triggering this with his own abdola burst well i think he could use his, the abdola burst before this sequence of events because Rekka realized it and saw it and recognized it and that the presence of an infernal triggered the link specifically a horned infernal triggered the link kind of like a resonance experience.
0: I think that's sort of a inconsistency with the plot, though. Just because... I mean, realistically, they didn't show any reason why Shinra's flames were different when he was fighting Rekka. True. And nothing, nothing unique happened while he was fighting Rekka. The only difference comes in in this episode, where they can sort of say that the Adola Burst was happening in the first place. Well, what happened in this that,
1: what, what are you referring to?
0: The fact that... Well, you were saying that how his he saw his legs turn into these bones was something that even oh. the Arrow Girl could see. So that's something that actually happened. It's not a hallucination.
1: Oh, Nothing no, I think like, it... I think it... I think it was a hallucination. I don't think his feet actually turned into bones, but I think she saw that too. So she saw that. So it's like a shared
0: hallucination then? Yeah. There was also the moment where Conroe saw the arrow going into the sky, and he was like, Shinra, help my butt out. And then Shinra's legs sort of... I don't even know what to call it. Vibrated or something. And that was also an adola burst reference so th- those are the only oh, two things that separate what you can call an adola burst from what happened with Rekka where there wasn't any distinguishable flames or anything that happened to Shinra there wasn't a trigger point
1: point. and it's I, it, I agree it, but at the same time like if you think about all the people that you're referencing Conroe, Shinra, and Arrow Woman. Uh huh. Conroe um, fought with a horned devil person, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know the details of that fight. You could headcanon speculate that that horned devil somehow left an impression on Conroe.
0: Like, like how she- tell what looks like an Adola burst or something? Is that what you're saying?
1: I don't know. Some some sort of interaction between having faced off with a Horned horned Infernal somehow leaves some effect on you. Headcanons Okay, sure. Here. Let's uh, go with that for now. Shinra, whose powers emanate from this event that happened when his family had his house burned down, which was related to a Horned Infernal as well. And the Arrow user fire arrow woman who is part of the evangelists who are the only ones who have yet expressed what horned infernals even are. So you could maybe assume that she knows something about horned infernals. Maybe she is also related to horned infernals in some way. So I guess the point that I'm trying to really hark upon here is the only ones that resonated with each other or who had interactions with each other related to the this Abdullah phenomenon are all people that have had interactions with Horned Infernals. Except Rekka Well, you don't know, right? Because Rekha is also part of the Evangelist. It's possible that the Evangelist organization, their followers, are all somehow introduced to Horned Infernals. The same thing that I said about Arrow Girl can probably be said about Rekka as well. True.
0: That would also mean that the Emperor dude has seen a Horned Infernal, and if we assume that the power plant is powered by a Horned Infernal, then that would make sense. I just think that's a larger leap to make for Rekka and the Emperor. Maybe. All, who both knew that Shinra had the Adola burst the Emperor knew it before Shinra even used his powers he never uses powers, true. and he knew it and that's then true. I don't know if Shinra did Shinra actually fight rekka he did yes. fight rekka yeah he just didn't he wasn't the one to freeze him that's what happened um, yes So, I mean, I think that's less of a jump for Rekka to recognize it. They just only in this episode have distinguished effects of the Adola burst rather than just saying that's an Adola burst and they're not showing anything different about the flame.
1: You're not wrong. I understand what you're saying, but I guess... I mean, there's a lot of headcanon that I'm going into now, but the thing that I think is most people can probably agree with is that the Abdullah Burst, somehow, whatever its powers may be, whatever it may stem from, whatever the Abdullah Link may be, is somehow related to Horned Infernals. I don't think that is too far of a stretch to say. That I can get
0: behind. Um, that does sort of bring up another question of mine about how... So y- you remember how we were talking about how like, second and third generation Fire users are created mm-hmm. and that there might be artificially created ones? Yes. I- I'm sort of at a loss for... I guess the the spectrum of how infernals versus fire users are created. So, when I first was thinking about that that idea, I assumed that you know if there's a like the bugs can create anything from a a regular infernal to a talking infernal then to a second or third generation fire user. And it depends on the person if they're able to become any one of those. Uh, sure. But in this episode, it seemed like they're sort of... The Infernals are their own branch and then maybe humans can be created. They, they still haven't touched on that, but they it felt like they were sort of separating infernals from people more so. Like it diverged farther away from artificially created uh generation users. Yeah. So I'm a little unclear as to if the point if if the horned infernal is possibly the the end the last transition point between creating an infernal and a human that can use fire. And I'm not quite sure where they're trying to go with that.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know either. I mean, there's still quite up. There's still quite a lot up in the air. I right, I agree with you there. It is fun to speculate about, though. I love it. I guess only time will
0: tell. Was there anything Um, else
1: in this episode? Yeah, I was just about to say, I guess the only other thing I want to give a shout out to is I actually liked the brief action sequence between the seventh captain and the horned infernal. That was actually really dope. I did too. Before they started flying in the air, the action sequence on the ground, I thought was actually well animated and pretty good so that was a good change of pace as well from the they four also added your last episode yeah they also
0: added the thing you were talking about um how there was no weight behind the kicks and punches and you couldn't yeah. see
1: them impacting the other person that actually happened this episode yeah for sure that's very um, true they actually showed the consequence of punching someone in the face you would see the momentum transfer from right. one person to the next this episode and it was really good
0: Yeah, I did appreciate that quite a bit. I'm always a sucker for animation, you know, so. I totally agree.
1: Besides that, yeah, I think this episode did. I'm very glad it improved from last episode, because if it had continued from what episode 13 was. (laughs) Oof. Oof, man.
0: Yeah, I I think part of the reason we felt so bad about the last episode was also because it was three weeks since we had seen the previous, the prior episode.
1: Maybe, but that still uh, doesn't diminish the fact that last episode was shit, and this episode was actually right. okay. I, I agree with you there. Still, um, if you were to give it a mouse score, what would this episode be? Uh, I'd give it like a a seven.
0: It, it it was solid, um, but it 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 wasn't bad. But there there were a lot of things that they there were more things they could have done to make it better. But I was pleased with it enough.
1: I 100% agree with you. I also was thinking I was going to give it a seven at for pretty much the exact same reasons. They did a lot of really good things. They did a lot right. And they improved from a lot of last episodes. The shortcomings. Uh, but they could have they could have made things even better. Uh, there was a lot of room to grow still. But I'm starting to actually really start to speculate again. I've got a lot of headcanon going, so I could I, I know. Could not give it below it's, a 7 because it was actually it's good. It's been a while.
0: It's been a while since we've had this headcanon going.
1: So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens next. Do you have any anticipations for things that you really want to see uh, the next upcoming episode?
0: Um... I mean, I'll keep saying it, and you mentioned it this uh, earlier that I want Shinra to talk with the first captain. Want him on screen? Give Mm -hmm. me some first captain. Give me some conversation and like world building with him because he's he's been off to the side for quite a while now. We haven't seen him in a long time. Has he has Um, indeed? Um. I also want, I'm also curious about Arthur, and this is going back to how we were thinking he might be the traitor, or become a traitor in some way, because we still haven't gotten a backstory about him, and his character seems the least fleshed out of any character on the squad, oddly enough. I mean, maybe aside from Tamaki. We know know the least about Arthur
1: still. We know that Tamaki is going to have zero depth to her character, though.
0: Right. She's not going to play any significant role ever. Uh, But I feel like Arthur will at some point, just because of how long they have not addressed his backstory and how much screen time he's been getting. Um. I totally agree. I I really want to see something significant happen with Arthur. I I, I just... I'm getting more and more of an inkling that he's going to have a big role to play. And I want... I just... I
1: need to know. Watch Shinra encounter his brother, have some sort of face-off, and then have Arthur betray Shinra in some way. Yes. Yes. That is my prediction. We st- Yeah, we still need to learn about Shinra's brother as well. Um, but the, the other thing that I really want to see, and this is going to be a far out, far out thing that I want to see. This is not going to be next episode. It's not even necessarily going to be this season. Maybe it's going to be season two. But What's that? The eighth squad is making allegiances. They are allied with the seventh now. They are allied with the fifth for a while. They're even allied with a subset of the first. I want Uh to see two factions develop. I want to see the 8th with their... I want to see the 8th with their allies, and I want Uh to see them face off against some other entity, whether it is the remainder of the Fire Force units that are somehow some other allegiance, or whether it is the 8th ends up getting all of the Fire Force units allied together versus the evangelist organization or something like that i don't really care how it ends up being and i don't really think we have enough information to see what it will actually be but i'm really excited for the day that the eighth actually calls up on all the allegiances that they're building up right now in the plot line for some sort of common cause Ooh, that would
0: that would be really interesting. And it is sort of pointing in that direction just because I it is. just because we've got two squads, I guess two and a half squads now aligned with uh the eighth squad and um the fact that the eighth squad's purpose is to investigate all these squads. So I think they'll go through a lot of the squads by the end of the season, and yeah, either they align well. with them or somehow think they're like shady and figure out that they're the enemy or what, what, what have you. Either yeah, it's situation gonna be one or the other,
1: right? Right. Either situation. It's either going to be that some of the squads are secretly allied with the evangelist or some other antagonistic society. Um, or it's going to be that they ally all of the squads together to try and fight a joint enemy. It's going to be one or the other. And my prediction is that is the climax of this story. That is going to be the ultimate point that this storyline is going towards in general and where the entire storyline of Fire Force comes to a conclusion.
0: Yeah, I think I would prefer the situation where one at least one of the squads is aligned with the evangelists um i think that would make for a richer
1: plot development or plot twist or what have you um i i don't want it to be the first captain though i think the first captain needs to have like some sort of political tie to maybe like the emperor but still against the evangelist and it's going to be like he's going to be a hard person to convince to be an ally and he's like a kind of ally
0: yeah uh personally i want the first captain to be sort of on his own level like i don't want him to be aligned with anyone i want him to be doing his own investigation of the evangelist that the rest of his squad and the. i don't remember if he's aligned with the emperor specifically or the religion or if it was something else that's not stated yet right i don't i don't know which faction which of the three overarching factions he's aligned with but i don't want i want him to be doing like undercover work if you get me there like i i I, I prefer it If He's doing his own thing and that's why he's not sharing any information and why he's still so mysterious and has a connection with the Horned Infernal and all that. I can relate. Yeah.
1: So, any more final comments? Give Maki more screen time. Give Tamaki less screen time. Precisely. That's, that is that is all. <laughs> just kill her off. Just kill, just kill off Tamaki. We don't need her. <laughs> kill off Tamaki and instead show me Maki's breasts. That's, that's all I care about.
0: Uh, show me Maki's abs again. Like, dear God. Oh, so true. So oh true. my God, Maki. Maki is bae. I don't know why you like sister. Sister hasn't sister... even
1: been in the past like four episodes. Sis- sister is bae, but Tamaki is best girl. No, 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 play, no, no. Don't you dare class. say that, sir. I'm sorry, their <laughs> names are too similar. <laughs> it really
0: is too similar. Uh, the only difference is one letter or like one symbol.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, with that, share in the comments below. Send us messages. What did you think about this most recent episode of Fire Force? Uh, what do you think of our speculations, our headcanon? Do, do you think we're way off base? Do you agree with some of the things that we're speculating about? Let us know. Stan and I are always really interested to discuss with all of you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Imbibe Anime. We will catch you all again next time. Cheers to you. Adios.